director is just a man, he can be bought off by the studio paid to compromise his creative integrity. No, but if you make yourself more than a director, if you devote yourself to a style, and if they can't stop you, then you become something else. A legend, Mr. Nolan. Mr. Nolan, what do we do when we fall? Did I see ever say that? Or huh? do I make it up? What do we do when we fall? What do why we, do we fall? Wh why do we fall, why Master do we Nolan? Fall, Master Nolan. So we can have another Veneva come. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. Yeah, line. you're obsessed with the Freddy Prankle. <laughs> you should have heard me when Dark Knight Rises came out. I kept on like jokingly <laughs> wanting to order it everywhere I went. What is it? What is a Fenner brand? I have no fucking clue. Should we Google this on mic? Yes. I think it's like a liqueur. I think it's like a dessert wine. It's not that expensive. Oh, it's Amaro. It's like a Italian bitters. Ah, it's not that expensive. Maybe, yeah, we, should buy, we should buy some for our, <laughs> for our memento episode. Let's drink so much Fenner brand that we forget drink and record our, record our memento episode. Yes. That's great. Yep. That's great. Holy shit. Um... The Batman has begun! Oh my god, we're at the beginning of the Batman trilogy! It's so exciting! We've got so many good films to start talking about! Yeah, 89, the 60s one... <laughs> Forever! <laughs> Forever! Um, Batman Begins. Hmm. This is your first time ever watching it. Um, probably third time watching yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not joking, third time watching it. Sometimes I, like, think about my life and I think about how, you know, how self-pitying self I can be about, like, the state of cinema and all this stuff. And then, you know what I love to remember every once in a while? Is that I was the perfect fucking age for the movies I got to fall in love with. Like, this is going to sound silly because I've, I've dissed this franchise a lot, but I'm so grateful that I grew up with the Harry Potter movies at the right age to watch those movies. Because I do think that, like, if I hadn't, you know, grown up with, like, Prisoner of Azkaban, I wouldn't love Alfonso Cuaron's movies so much. And, like, there, there was this time when Hollywood was making films almost exclusively marketed at young adults and teenagers, like Batman Begins, that were way more mature than what kids had been experiencing, like, previously in movies. Like, this is a much darker film than you'd seen marketed to, you know, children and teenagers yeah, by Hollywood. There's the line of, um, Gordon says... He says something like, I need to get me one of those, right? I need to get me one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? sorry, no, it's Gordon. I need to Gordon get me that. one of those. And um, and I remember, yeah, that was like the end of the trailer. I'm like... I just remember... That's a very it, silly... Black? That's a very silly, like, line. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and this, it's movie's, trailer. this movie's made for, like, young kids and teenagers. But not really. But like, it's still yeah. really dark. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's it's meant to appeal to like a four quadrant, not four quadrant, two quadrant market of like young adults, um, young young men, men, and yeah, and I guess women by having Katie Holmes. But like, because this was the middle of Katie mania. Yeah. What was what was Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes's? I don't know. I, I was, you know, I wasn't that interested in tabloids when I was nine years old, so I just never knew. Um, yeah. But yeah, I saw this film. This was the first Nolan I saw, I think I've mentioned previously. This was the first Nolan I saw in theatres. It was the first one I ever watched. And, um, like, I, I adored, like all kids, I adored superhero movies growing up in, you know, the 
really late 90s, early 2000s. And, you know, it was the best time to be into superhero movies and experiencing movies because, you know, I got to watch X-Men at home before this. I'd gone to watch X-Men 1, X-Men 2. Um, I'd gotten, I think, to watch the first Fantastic Four movie, which came out the same year as this. Um, and You're forgetting... Spider-Man, of course. Yeah, Spider-Man was one. huge for me, like, growing up. I was, I was yeah. such a huge Spider-Man fan. And Sp- Spider-Man 1 is a much more violent film than this, even. And that was, you know, marketed to kids and teenagers. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of blood and a lot of, like, you know, Aunt May gets her house blown up and, like, she's being terrorised by the Green Goblin. There's, there's a lot of violence in Spider-Man 1. A lot. It's a lot more cartoony at the same time. Well, it's, it's both. It's, like, more horrifying and more silly. Yeah, it's directed by, is... <laughs> by Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and whereas this film strides a much thinner line of believability that I think Nolan very intentionally did. Actually, a funny story I should have mentioned on the Prestige podcast um, a week from now is that uh, Hugh Jackman actually met Christopher Nolan at the premiere of X-Men for the first time. And um, really? apparently afterwards, Nolan was like saying to him, oh, that's exactly what I've always wanted to do with a superhero property, like what X-Men did. And it's funny that, like, as as campy as the first X-Men film can be, you can see a lot of the aesthetic principles of that in this film. Like, the kind of more muted approach to the colours and the costumes. Like, the um, the kind of emphasis on real locations as much as possible. The, the handling of, like, real-world metaphors. Like, in X-Men, you've, of course, got the whole kind of gay panic and, and mutant puberty thing. But in this, you've got sort of the real world, you know, implications of crime and escalation that Batman mm. would have to deal with in the real world. Mm. And of course they're heightened and made into a comic book movie template. But it's it's cool how I don't think if you got that run up of Spider Man without Spider Man, of course you don't get this, but like Spider Man, X Men really paved the way for more mature superhero films that are still marketed to teens and young young adults. Mm. And then this film comes out. Which just took it to, I think, a whole new level. You'll agree. What happened with Dark Knight? Because I'll say that's not marketed for kids at all. Oh, absolutely it was marketed for kids. Every fucking person... I don't think that's a great... Every fucking person in my year saw that. That was like the movie we were all going to see. I don't think that's a great movie for 12 year olds oh it's a great movie for 12 year olds I can tell you from experience uh, I'll show that movie uh, to my kids when they're like 10 or 11 or 12 uh, oh, fuck yeah. fucking the, the clown is killing people with with pens with machines with oh the pen, the pen bit's funny though it's when he's I'm shooting like, them that shit. he shoots them at point blank range That's he slices a guy's face so yeah this, this yeah like this, it's, it's such it, a violent it, film it is but I love it Spider-Man 1 is definitely more violent I'm gonna say well, it. Oh my, yeah, yeah he throws like an edit a bunch of people and they become skeletons instantly he also yeah, like yeah, gets sure. his face blown off and there's like lots of like stabbing and lots of you know like also Sam Raimi is, it's a weird director oh I love at him at the same time so. have you watched Oz the Great and Powerful yeah what what, what's it like? I've never seen it. Is Franco good in it? Well, oh. Franco. Oh, so no. No. It's, um, it tries to be, like, really clever. Right. And it doesn't fit the story at all. It seems so weird that they made that movie when Wicked is a thing. Like, you know how Wicked, like, reinvented the kind of oh. Oz mythology yeah, from, like, a right. different perspective? Mm. And then mm. it's like, you're doing a Wizard of Oz prequel... Because the whole thing was like 3D is the new technology, so we're doing the Wizard of Oz with 3D. That was the whole gimmick of it, right? From yeah, me- from memory with the marketing, that was the whole. Yeah. So there, there were a lot of 3D moments stuff. Yeah. Like remember when remember when 3D movies started to be the big thing, and 
and they had like all those unnecessary like whoa yeah, 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 getting close to the camera yeah right um, well I remember when that was the thing a lot of that before Avatar when you saw a 3D movie that was like 30-40 minutes those were great do you remember those I got to see one that was about pirates that was no, like I don't I've never seen one of those yeah they're weird they're really they were you know these funny little experimental things I mean Sharkboy and Lava Girl and fucking Spy Kids of course were the mm. Like first movies to really try that. The first three feature movie length movies, I cannot like can think of apart from something like Avatar, is the Alien vs Monsters thing. Oh yeah, remember that film? I never saw it, but yeah, yeah, I remember DreamWorks, that. right? Yeah. yeah, it was DreamWorks. It really pushed the three D thing. And enough, but three D. Finally, um, watch Mega Mind. Speaking of DreamWorks animation, I never seen Mega Mind. Very good superhero movie. I've heard it's really good. Yeah. I should probably watch it. It's probably the least annoying Will Ferrell voice acting performance I've heard <laughs> ever. Okay, Will Ferrell performance in general. It's so funny that Will Ferrell. Like, I, I'm not the hugest Anchorman fan, but I think Anchorman One is good. Anchorman Two is hilarious. What, what's Will Ferrell's best performance? And don't say fucking Stranger Than Fiction. That film is a fucking travesty. I hate that film. Um, Will Ferrell's... I don't know if he has... He's like, bad in so many things. I think he's good in the other guys. But I think he's just... I haven't seen him in that much. I'm going to be straight about it. I haven't mm. I haven't seen a lot of Will Ferrell movies in general. Yeah. I've seen him in a lot of, you know, Tim and Eric sketches. He's really <laughs> great on SNL. That's like... SNL? I keep, like, yeah, he's really good as... Uh, anyway. And I'm actually a fan of Anchorman. I think it's a silly comedy and just wonderful. Can you imagine Christian really Bale on the cast of SNL? Yeah, of course. <gasps> Swear these, uh... <laughs> Swear these, uh... balls are going to get put out good tonight. Swear to me! He'll get extremely buff and lose all his weight in the same sketch. In the same sketch. <laughs> The Batman has begun. I, I mean, this was the movie, like the year it came out, because this was, I, I know this sounds funny for a movie like this, but the toys that we were all like excited to get from this movie. Toys the, are you fucking kidding? The fucking Tumblr. Yeah, no, no, I remember, and I had, do you remember the, for, for the Batmobile? Yes. Yes. But do you remember what it came with? A small Batman? No. <laughs> no, it was cooler. It came with these like crates that you would like set up the tumbler to crash through. <laughs> and it had like a launching pad. But what we figured out was this thing this thing was genuinely so powerful that it actually could break fucking glass. It was like one of the most dangerous toys ever made for children. It was fucking awesome. I, I bought I got a um, Bruce Wayne uh, action figure who had like the um the the League of Shadows like gauntlets. And it was him from, like, the training scene. It's him mm. with the katana and everything. It was fucking great. I used it all the time. Um, yeah, I, this movie is the fucking best. This movie is a very, very inappropriate film for a nine-year-old boy to watch. <laughs> is there, is there, I fucking love this movie. Is there a... Um, the Dark Knight had toys as well. And it had, you know, the Joker slicing the, the guy's mouth open. Yeah, mid-slice. Has... Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I actually, it has the hospital you know what's amazing? Up, the hospital no, 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 blowing you, up. You know what's actually amazing, and I may be very wrong about this, but I do seem to remember. And we should have talked about this on Dark Knight, but I do seem to remember that there were no Joker action figures out of respect for Ledger. Mm. That like toy companies didn't do Joker figures; they just did Batman. But for this movie, you had everyone. You had you know I, there was a Ken Watanabe Ra's al Ghul figure, mm. you know, because he was the main villain. I love how that one sword fight they have in the beginning of the movie is all through all the trailers and the marketing. They're like, oh yeah, he's going to fight Ra's al Ghul for all this movie. And it's like... No. Yeah, no, he's not really. <laughs> no, he doesn't do that. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> um, Batman Begins. I mean, I genuinely think that this is one of the most 
um, interesting superhero movies for a number of degrees, but the one that we really are doing this series for is, you know, the reason we're doing it as a podcast series, it's fucking Christopher Nolan, who Mm. has just done Insomnia for Warner Brothers. He has been developing a Howard Hughes film for two to three years, maybe maybe even longer, actually, Um, but he's been actively trying to get it um, approved for two to three years. And then Michael Mann announces that he is making a Howard Hughes film, so Nolan moves back, because I think Michael Mann had, um, may have had, some huge actor attached. It may even have been Leo. And then Christopher Nolan's like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do my Howard Hughes film now. And then Michael Mann cans that film and Nolan says, great, I'm going to do it again. And then Martin Scorsese picks up that script and that becomes The Aviator and he gets Leo on board. Mm. So that moves into production very, very quickly. And Nolan infamously says that his Howard Hughes film was one of the greatest things he's ever written. He had Jim Carrey um, on board to play the lead role. You can actually watch interviews with Jim Carrey where he talks about collaborating with Nolan and like talking through what the role was going to involve. And, and it would have been, you know, a phenomenal film. And um, in that alternate world, it would have been really interesting to see Nolan's career develop from, you know, going from something like Insomnia, which I think was a 20 or $30 million film to like a $50 million Howard Hughes film and then like a $60 million. But because of this, because Darren Aronofsky's Batman film falls apart, there's actually two. Um, there's actually two versions I've heard of this story. Version one I've heard is that Darren Aronofsky is developing Year One with Frank Miller, which is a screenplay I skimmed through for the podcast, and there are some interesting things I'll mention about it as we go through the movie. He was developing that film with Frank Miller for maybe two years with Warner Brothers, and it was going to be a much. I don't know if you know about Year One, but it was basically going to strip away everything you know about Batman's mythos. Like Bruce Wayne is not rich is the first thing. He's not rich. He's not wealthy. He's, like, a much more kind of, like, um, lower working-class boy. And then um, Jim Gordon is, like, um, just a beat mechanic. He's just a beat cop. And Alfred is, like, a car mechanic that, like, mentors Bruce. So it's much more of, like, a, you know, a raggedy kind of Batman's tale. And it was so dissimilar to what audiences were used to with Batman that Warner Brothers got cold feet and canned that script. So that script is now dead in the water. The version I've heard is that Nolan went in to meet with Warner Brothers and Batman was one of the properties they mentioned that they were trying to restart. And he hadn't really had a take on it, but he basically like came back after a month or two after doing some work with Nathan Crowley, his production designer, and presented them with like like models and different like ideas and concept arts for what his Batman world could look like. And apparently his meeting only lasted 11 minutes and they were convinced enough to hand him the directing chair and and the screenplay for Batman Begins. Hmm. And I think part of that also was that he got in touch with um, David S. Goya, who at this stage has only a few writing credits, I believe. I believe he's a co-writer on X-Men 1. I might be wrong about that, but he's definitely a writer of Blade, Blade 2, and then he writes and directs Blade Trinity, which, you know, is a big flop, but... He was kind of the guy Nolan lent on for comic book knowledge and who really like helped Nolan understand kind of what comics they should pull from for these characters and the kind of story he wanted to tell. So like the Kevin Feige? Yeah, we saw the Kevin Feige okay. of DC at this point, mm-hmm. even though he's doing Marvel properties as well. But Goyer, you know, gets a lot of bad rap for um, Batman vs Superman and other things that he's worked on since. And it's very unfair because I genuinely think that when he's paired with a, a screenwriter who has, you know, 
he, he's putting the story first and isn't trying to like get swept up in the more kind of um, mechanical aspects of making a film like the screenplay that he and Nolan wrote for this film if even you know 30% of this screenplay is Goya it's pretty fucking good um, who did he help with Dark Knight and Rises? Yeah, he wrote the story with Nolan for Dark Knight, but Nolan and Jonathan wrote the whole screenplay. Okay. Yeah. And then um, he only helped on the story for Rises as well. This is the only one he has co-screenwriting credit with mm. Nolan. Yeah, I noticed that. I think it's the only you know what? co-writing credit Nolan has with someone other than Jonathan. I completely understand if people give him a bad rap then, because it's just, it's just one movie. Compared to, you know, the other Batman films. That's true. So, it's, if he worked in The Dark Knight... He like, did, yeah. Help, he, wrote, he wrote the story. If he helped to write the screenplay on Dark mm. Knight, then I think he would probably... Writing the story for Dark Knight is a pretty fucking cool achievement, dude. Writing the story for Rise is a pretty cool achievement. Like, <laughs> well... Well, um, we'll get to it. Batman Begins. So Nolan goes into production. Um, he's actually about to get the prestige off the ground when this goes into production. And it's kind of cool that the prestige is ready for him immediately as he finishes this. But um, I remember that Christian Bale... Actually, I don't remember really knowing much about Christian Bale before I saw this film. You were asking me what else had he been in. Of course, you know, mm. at 11 years old, he's in Empire of the Sun, which he's remarkable in. Like, have you seen it? No. It's one of the more interesting Spielbergs. It's probably one of his better films from the 80s, except for, you know, Raiders and stuff. But, like, um, Empire of the Sun is a beautiful film about a young English boy growing up in um, Japan during World War II. And it's a terrific performance. He's in a POW camp for most of the film. There's some just amazing scenes of him, you know, dealing with actors like John Malkovich. And, like, he really holds his own as, like, an 11-year-old boy in a Steven Spielberg film. He's probably one of the best-adjusted child actors. Definitely one of the most successful, like, yeah. critically. Um, maybe the most successful, critically, except for Leo DiCaprio. Oh, Johansson. Johansson, yeah, but no. I mean, she hasn't won an Oscar, whereas, like, Bale and DiCaprio have both won Oscars now. And, yeah, fair Like, enough. they're both, you know, megastars still. And, and, and Bale especially, you know... I have so much respect for the fact that Christian Bale was, you know... These movies, he was a huge movie star... And it's like he never, except for Terminator Salvation, he never really tried to follow up with another franchise after these movies. Like he did, he mostly did like indie fare and then, you know, he did The Fighter, got his Oscar and now he's mostly in, you know, performances that really excite him. Like The Big Short and fucking um, Vice and um, what was the last thing he was in? So Hostiles, the Scott Cooper film. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ford vs. Ferrari. Yeah, he's great in Ford vs. Ferrari, yeah. Different name now. Yeah, Le Mans 66. Yeah, yeah. Le Mans 66. Yeah. Ford vs. Ferrari, he's so good in that film. Fuck. Yeah. He's really good in that. Um, yeah, he, he's fantastic in this film. I, I think I, I joked very facetiously on our um, future Dark Knight episode that Lego Batman is the best Batman <laughs> arc in a movie. And I, I'm, I'm half joking. Lego Batman's a great film. This is the only Batman film, the only live-action Batman film that even tries to give Batman a character arc through the whole film Batman vs Superman tries but it's not very successful I think most people would agree but Batman vs Superman tries the Martha he, he like realises he's become like the murderer 
Yeah, no, not very successfully. <laughs> you know why it doesn't work in Batman Superman? Because, like... <laughs> not very successfully, Yeah, you know no. why it doesn't work? Because, like, the murderer, the guy who killed his parents wasn't doing it just because he hated them. He, he wanted money. Whereas Batman is about to murder Superman because he genuinely thinks he's a threat to all human existence. It's not a fucking good analogy. Whereas in Terminator 2, there's that fucking great scene where she is going to murder somebody because he, of what he'll do in the mm, future. Yes. And, like, it's the exact same thing as what the Terminator does. Like, that's why it works there. Yeah. Holy fuck, we should compare those two scenes. Well, I mean, yeah, we it's did. a huge difference. It's a huge difference, like, with why they're important. Yeah. And, um, talking about uh, Bale in this film, like, I think, um, obviously there's the infamous thing that he'd done The Machinist the year before shooting this. So Nolan, I think, when he called him up, was like, well, how do you look right now? Like, I know that you've lost a lot of weight. And, um... He was like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm like, I can, I can do it. I can get in shape." And Nolan was like, "Oh, okay." And you know how, I think when you're a director and you hear that an actor's going to gain weight, you're like, "Oh, yeah, sure, whatever." Bale was 130 pounds, okay. which is like, you know, fucking like 90 kilos, like 70 kilos, 78 kilos, seven, less, 80, than 80. less than 80. Less than 80. It's, it's really thin. It's 70. It's, it's really fucking thin. He was like horrifying. Have you you seen it, right? I've seen, yeah. Mysterious, yeah. He's fucking horrifying in that film. It's really disconcerting. Um, he showed up to fucking shoot 230 pounds. Like 130 kilos. He was so big. In fact, he was so big that he had to lose weight before they actually like got into filming some of his scenes. So some wow. of the scenes I think of him in the Batsuit, he's actually fatter than like he was meant to be. And so those scenes where you see him training with the League of Shadows... He's fucking huge. Like, he looks... Like, in, in Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, he's so much more leaner than in this film. I didn't notice that much in those moments. I noticed a lot in the very last scene... Oh, yeah, with his with, the shirt. With his shirt. His shirt is, like, shaping around mm. his bones, like, his muscles. He's so big, yeah. Wow. He's making a shadow. He's casting a shadow. Yeah, he looks, like, he looks like a fucking superhero. <laughs> He looks like a titan from Attack on Titan. Yeah, yeah, he's great. I haven't seen it. Yeah, so yeah, no, he he's he's awesome. He's such a fucking good actor. I mean, American Psycho, of course. He's super, you know, buff, and then loses weight, gains weight, becomes like four hundred kilos. Like Rob Mickelson. And he's currently, you know, undertaking the um, performance of a lifetime, playing the the sandworm in Dune, (laughs) which he's apparently gained four thousand pounds to play. Yeah. Like, oh no! Wait, no. Sorry, he dropped out. He he decided he didn't want that role, so villain villain wave lured him back, but said, "Okay, I've got a new role for you." So Bale gained a trillion pounds to play the planet Araxius. Really, <laughs> Bale is playing the planet. Yeah, it's like Kurt Russell. He's playing yeah, of the course. planet. Yeah. Oh man, um, he was jealous that someone we, else gained so much weight. Should we mention the Dune trailer because it, it it will have dropped, you know, five days after we're um, releasing this. Well, the movie is coming in a week. No. Yeah, no. Um, yes. I'm excited. I want to see it in context. It's the Liam, the new middle Noah. Yeah, he's never I think made a really good he's break. Never made a bad movie. He's, he hasn't made a bad movie. So I've never seen his first film. We should watch it. I've seen Which his, his first film. His first film is called like um, Maelstrom. I think it's called. I've never watched it, but I've I've seen his second film, Polytechnique, and then I watched Insandees, which is my favorite of his films still. Um, yeah, he's an amazing director. He's a great director. So yeah, he's yeah. he's incredible. My trust is in him. I did not like the Blade Runner twenty forty nine trailer. 
That's that's out. a very good point. I didn't oh, like. No, I, re- I didn't really like the arrival trailers from memory either. Mm-hmm. In fact, I fucking hated um, the trailer for Enemy, so I didn't watch it. <laughs> Enemy's great. Um, it's very great. I, I despise everything about this director except his movies. Damn it! <laughs> good thing. He keeps making me think they're going to be bad, and then they're good. How does he fucking do it? Contrast to like the contrary to. Um... Michael Bay. <laughs> I think you were going to say Nolan. I was going to be like, oh. <laughs> Michael Bay. Yeah, it's true. Michael Bay's trailer is so good. No, no, Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. Every fucking trailer. <sighs> so good. Except for Independence Day Resurgence. But most of but his like, trailers. So good. But every time you see a new Transformers trailer, do you think, this might be it? This oh, I gave up the, after movie two. This might be the good one. Even, I was even like, in the last one. I completely I surrendered. Like, this might be it. To, this like, might be it. We've got to finish it. <laughs> we got to finish it. I, I watch. I watch somebody make a video essay about how the finale of it is like the most one of the weirdest action scenes in movie history, and it looks insane. It looked so batshit. I was like, "Wow, if we just survived another twenty minutes, we would have got to an interesting no, no, movie." No, no, we actually stopped after watching an hour and a half of it. No, we got further. We got really far in. No, the thing with the submarine. Yeah, that that's it. like on the way to the final act. Really? Yeah, we were really close to the end. That was the weird thing, was that I was watching, for some reason, I was just watching a lot of behind the scenes of this, and I stumbled onto, like, some footage of the premiere, and all the premiere footage is about Tom Cruise, because he's showing up, you know, to support his wife, and, and it's so funny, there's, like, an interview with Christian Bale being like, yeah, Batman, whatever, you know, I got paid, fucking more bros, yeah, it was a good, good experience, and then Tom Cruise comes like, I'm so excited to see the movie, it's gonna be so good, guys, are we all ready for Batman? I'm like, dude, fucking just, shut up, be normal. Mission Impossible 7, filming, though, did you see that photo? Yeah, when you said stunt, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Excited, excited for it to yeah, be not, dumb. Did not love the, fu- the last one. It was. Fine. I, I watched it again, and like the action in it is amazing, but like they just are getting increasingly. Um, it's like they're just trying to avoid every opportunity of having Tom Cruise be human in them now. Because as soon as he tries to... Because it works in 4. We're going to talk about this one. He, was, he wasn't very human in 4. In 4, he one. is literally almost a supporting character. In 4, he is like a fucking ghost that they've never even heard of. And then they get him out of prison. And he is like, nobody knows what he's doing. Nobody knows what his motivations are. Nobody knows what makes this guy click. And then in 5, they try to make him like kind of more sweet and empathetic. And he sees that girl die at the beginning. It doesn't really work. And then 6, it's like... This guy just won't fucking stop. He just won't fucking stop. They, mm. they, they don't give him more than like two minutes to talk to any other actor because he is so fucking off-putting sometimes. Yeah. I literally think that that's Tom Cruise trying to work around how his personality has just gotten so frayed, like, on screen. Speaking well, of um, great fucking actors who can pull off dealing with really complex emotions and scenes of conversation... Um, Let's talk about Michael Caine. Yeah. Uh, you were going to say Kristen Bell, right? No, I was going to say Caine. No, okay. Oh, yeah. No, we, we, we're going to talk about this with every Batman episode, but like in the same way that Alec Guinness lends so mm. much groundedness and legitimacy to Star Wars. Like if you don't have Alec Guinness explaining the force... The force, you don't believe it. Yeah, you don't believe in the force. The force... Yeah, so you, you, no, if, if I tell you right now, Gabe... Yeah, the force is a living energy field that surrounds all things. Like it holds us, it binds the universe together. And you're like, stop reading QAnon, Byron. Yeah. Fucking hell. The fuck Get off Reddit. Um, Get off Scientology. Yes, <laughs> Byron. Have you been talking to Tom Cruise? <laughs> and then, um, but if Alec Guinness says, 
Well, this force is a living energy field that surrounds us. It binds the universe together. You're like, just, oh, yes, you buy it. He's like, yeah. Yeah, you really you buy tell it. me more about it. You keep, keep telling me about it. Yes, yeah, yes. Exactly. And Alfred, Michael Caine, fucking... This film in particular, he does so much emotionally with this character. Like, this is the only film where you get to see Alfred, like, really guiding the journey of Bruce Wayne. Mm. And it's in just small ways, like small little moments. Like, I love that moment early on where Bruce um, says that he's dropping out of Princeton and, like, he doesn't care what happens to the house. If he had his way, he'd get it torn down brick by brick. And Alfred's like, um, Master Wayne, there are those of us that care about your future. You haven't given up on me, Alfred. He's like, never. And after that point, he's been kind of like just nudging him, being like, you should do something with yourself, Master Wayne. And at that point, he's like, nah, I got you back. No matter what you do, I've got your back. Hmm. Just nice stuff like that. Hmm. I actually, I said to you, my favorite scene, maybe of the whole film, that's not like you know an action beat, is um, right after uh, Gordon comforts Bruce when he's you know ten or twelve years old. Um, you've got that scene of Bruce in the uh, in his bedroom, and Alfred comes in and says, "I prepared a little supper." Very well then, and he goes to leave, and Bruce says, "Alfred, it's my fault, Alfred. It's my fault." He's like, "No, Master Bruce, no." It was him and him alone. And then Bruce just like breaks down crying and he's like, I miss them, Alfred. And Alfred just takes him and he's like, so do I, Master Wayne. So do I. And Michael Caine is just so fucking good. Like, he just gives it so much. He just gives so much fucking emotion into this role. It's just excellent. You know what? I, I'm not, um, I don't mind Jeremy Irons. Yeah, he's fine in uh, Batman v Superman. He's fine in Batman v Superman. <laughs> is that correct? Yeah, where it's like... <laughs> I mean, I think of Jeremy. I think of that that joke they used twice, where it's like, um, it's like uh, he he's he takes like the bottle of wine from Bruce Wayne's bedroom, and he's like, um, oh my god, um, it's like there's there's not right. much there's not much left in the wine cellar now, and then there's that thing where he's like, it'd be oh no no, he says it'd be nice if there was. Um, there was some wine left for the next generation of Waynes. Not that there's likely to be a next generation. And then later on, he makes like the exact same joke where he's like, <laughs> it'd be nice if there were, you know, some grandchildren for, uh, not that there's likely to be some. He makes like the exact same joke. And I just love that the idea that every time he fucking says something, he just follows it on with like a, <laughs> I'm taking over the controls. Not that I'm very good at the controls. <laughs> I remember when you, your biggest fear were, People dressed in penguin costumes. Not that I wasn't very good at fighting guys in penguin costumes. Yeah, Jeremy Irons is great. He, he's yeah, just, he's but just that, a good but actor. That's because, yeah, it's Jeremy Irons. It's a good actor. So He's the only man the who could follow up Alan Rickman in the most iconic villain performance of all time and do an equally good performance. Like, oh, come on, you remember. What? Simon Says. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't seen the other ones. You haven't seen three? Not for a long time. My favourite opening of maybe any action film ever. I'm gonna fucking watch that one. Oh man, when when they reboot it, when they get the balls to reboot it. Um, what do you mean? It's coming out in two months. Oh yeah, fuck. We're in year 2022, everyone. <laughs> um, yeah, Michael Caine's amazing. Do, do you know the story about how Nolan got him on board? No, no. You mentioned that there was a story, and I'm like, okay. Well, so allegedly. Christopher Nolan just turned up at Michael Caine's house with the script, which was titled "The Intimidation Game" to keep it secret. No, but this is this is an interesting part of Nolan because he was he got so good from this film at keeping his movie secret. He just no, he's Michael Caine. 
Kane is having the infinite Frank at his home. Yeah. And then Christopher Nolan is on the window like, dun, 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 dun. I got a script for you. <laughs> it's actually really funny. Thing. But Michael Caine hadn't like seen any of his films. So um, he, Christopher Nolan came in and basically introduced himself. And, you know, he, Christopher Nolan's super polite. And, of, co- of course, they probably, you know, talked about England for four hours. And then he, he, But then Nolan gave him the script and said, I'd really like you to read for this part. And he's like, well, who do you want me to play? And he's like, I want you to be Alfred. And he's like, oh, the butler? What do I say? I didn't reserve. And he's like, no, no, read it. And Michael Caine was like, well, can I read it over a week? And Nolan's like, no, I have to take the script with me. This this is the only copy. Literally. <laughs> they were keeping it so secret. Is it handwritten? It was literally on post-it notes that Nolan had just like doodled <laughs> in the cab on the way over. <laughs> <laughs> You should see the other side. And then, um, yes, yeah, so, um, Kane read it and, like, immediately realized that, of course, Alfred is the father figure of the film. Like, he's mm. really, like, the, um, the heart of the, the movie. Um, this fucking cast, man. Yeah, we, we need to just keep going through this because, like, yeah. there are. I think I counted that there are, like, six Oscar nominees in the cast. And there are three, at this stage, Oscar winners. Like, there's Morgan Freeman. Oh, no, there's... Michael Caine. Yeah. yeah, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine. And then there's... Um, no, Oldman hasn't won yet, of course. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a fucking incredible cast. Like, the, the bit that I just lost my mind at, remembering that it was coming up, was when Bruce um, has just been unable to murder Joe Chill, and he's throwing the gun away, he goes to fucking confront this mob boss... Who's played by motherfucking Tom Wilkinson? Yeah, which is just—it's fucking crazy that he got Tom fucking Wilkinson to play like the mafia boss in this. Mm. It's so great. He's fucking fantastic. Uh, and he plays—he he came out of straight uh, out of the Sopranos, you know, where they were sitting in the Sopranos last season. He's walked over. No, he he, he came from Michael. Cl- he came from Michael Clayton, carrying all his fucking bread. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a reference for all the Michael Clayton fans we have. <laughs> that you know that big box office number, Michael Clayton. But yeah, Tom Wilkinson just came off an Oscar nom for um, In the Bedroom a few years before this, mm. which is an amazing performance. Um, yeah, fuck this cast. Liam Neeson. I mean, Liam Neeson. Liam is, Neeson is really good in this. as Descartes. Yeah, he's amazing as Descartes. Oh, Ken Watanabe is also an Oscar nominee. Of course, he got nominated for The Last mm. Samurai before this, and I love that even though he gets. Nothing to do in this film, except he gets one sword fight, and he gets to mutter some lines in a gibberish Asian language. <laughs> gibberish. That was something I wanted to mention to you, actually. Um, I, first of all, I love that Ken Watanabe gets repaid in Inception, with a huge, like, he's like the heart of Inception, Ken Watanabe. Mm. Like, he's such an important part of that film, and we'll talk about it in a few weeks. But I love how... Um, uh, th- sorry, the thing I was going to say about adaptation, and about like how interesting it is that fanboys um, get so defensive now when, you know, um, they're changing stuff like the look of the bat suit or, like, anything. If you fucking change anything nowadays, people get mad about it, right? It's funny that, like, they History. completely change the background of Ra's al Ghul because Ra's al Ghul in the comics is um, always Middle Eastern. Like, he's always represented as a, as a Middle Eastern kind of... Um, kind of, like, uh, oh, what's the word? Like, a spiritual kind of, like... Middle Eastern um, heritage, whereas in this he's retconned to be almost like Tibetan or um, or just East Asian. Hmm. Well, because ra- yeah, no, no, I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, but the yeah. League of Shadows being Tibetan, Tibetan. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. We shouldn't say I, Tibetan for our Chinese listeners. Sorry, we mean Greater China. Great, yeah, Great China. Yeah. 
Of course. Long live, um, long live, uh, comrade, uh, uh Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking comrade Mulan. Oh, oh man, Yifei Day. I, I actually yeah. disagree with what you said of yeah when they change anything because I see a lot of people were really happy with the Batman, the latest Batman trailer. I remember when the suit like got shown, people were like, mm-hmm. yeah, people are like idiots. I I know, I know. It's like, but, people yeah can't it, wait. But to it's see that fun whole thing. that like, but, but, but this is the kind of question I want to throw out there for our listeners and for us to consider is if Nolan had he wouldn't have got the chance to, but if Nolan had made this film in the 2010s instead of the early 2000s, would he have been allowed to do as much with the property as he did with this? Probably not, Which right? Nolan? Now Nolan? No, I'm saying... Or that I'm saying that, Nolan. Imagine that Christopher Nolan makes Memento in, like... No, 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 100%, no. He wouldn't have been no, able to no, do no, this. No, no, Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This I'm, sorry, the, I'm sorry, Memento doesn't give you, you know... Um, what's an... A Batman right now. Yeah, of course, that's what I mean. But but uh, more than that, like... Oh, think, no, no. Think, think about how they much they fucking changed even simple stuff like um, the Tumblr. Like, the way the Batmobile looks in this is so different to every other Batmobile. Yeah. yeah. So fucking different. Is it I think it looks long? even... Long? It's like... It's, it's fucking chunky. It's like a chunky. Lamborghini tank. That's the way they kind of describe it. And it's what it looks like. It's like a... I fucking want to drive it so much every single time I see it. <laughs> it's the only Batmobile that actually makes me be like, I wish I owned that car. It's the only Batmobile that feels real. Well, the ones in 89, of course, are real. And yeah, like, but what I was going to say, it feels usable. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's because it's, everything's more grounded in here. In this. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what they were going for. I mean, Although, that was the whole kind of cinematic conceit of this, was to give Batman a level of believability. Batman, a uh, next Bat- Batman. Dark Knight. No. Oh, Next Batman. oh, BVS, yeah. No, the one that's coming out now. Oh, the Batman, sorry, yeah. The Batman, Jesus Christ. Just Confusing. Thing. Yeah, it's like a Mustang, almost. <laughs> it looks like just a car. No, no, but like, it looks like he kind of built it himself. That's without cool, having yeah, a lot yeah. of money. So, let me think, it feels like a lot of the visual inspiration is from year one. There's a lot of it, yeah, 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 definitely. But don't think the story is going to be from no, year one. No, 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 no. Which is a shame. It's a shame. What, you like the year one idea? I don't mind them changing the formula. I agree. Well, de- now that we've had three versions of Batman in one in decade, it's like, yeah, can we please get something different? Wow, it's... That's weird to think about, right? Not I, counting I, I, I think spin-offs. I think Spider-Man is the weirdest one. Spider-Man's fucking insane. Holy yeah, shit. It's, it's insane how fast they rebooted that. And it's weird that Insomniac Games Spider-Man is maybe now the definitive Spider-Man that everyone loves. Yeah. And not a movie. Yeah, it's, um, it's the best Spider-Man anything. Yeah, yeah, it's Internally, great. it's really good. It's great. I need to play it. Um, mm. This fucking movie... Like, like we could talk about the okay. cast for another okay. hour, okay. but, like, let's... Should we... Let's, I don't really care about recounting the plot, but, like, no, do you want to like, talk about... Let's have a discussion on why I don't love this film. Yeah, cool. Yeah, let's have it. Okay. I didn't love it. To be clear, um, I... Do, you, do If it's unclear what my opinion is, <laughs> I think that this film is not only one of the best fucking superhero movies ever made, I think this is, except for fucking Dark Knight and Lego Batman, the best Batman movie. Like, well, I whoa, love whoa, this whoa, movie. Whoa. Well, yeah. Yeah. Easily. Except for the first ones, is the first one. Yeah. Yeah, except for the best, one of the best action movies ever made. Maybe the best action movie ever made. Yes. This is a very good runner-up. Yeah, like... Again, like I will eventually say on our Dark Knight Rises episode, 
This film suffers from being the first part of a trilogy which happens to contain one of the best movies of all time. I, I actually disagree with you in yeah. that regard. I think this movie suffers from being an origin story. But that's the whole movie. That's like saying no, it's not. It is when the he whole becomes, movie when is he, an origin movie. When he when he becomes the Batman, yeah, and suddenly the the machine that evaporates water appears. It's like whoa! This is suddenly a different movie. To no. me, it feels like it changed. The movie changes no. completely. The whole movie is an origin movie. It's meant to be. Yeah, no, but like what I'm saying is that the second half you pointed, you said you didn't like the second yeah, half. Yeah, the second half's not the second good half. The first half yeah. It's not. It's like. It feels like they just jumped into a normal Batman movie. That's a bit. That's a better criticism. Is that it feels and and this is the thing I want to challenge you on is like is that just because we've had every single superhero movie copy this since, which I think is definitely a part of it. No, it, it's true though. No, Iron Man doesn't do that at all. Yeah, it does. Iron Man, literally, Iron, Man is... Iron Man literally copies this movie. Halfway no, point, Iron Man... he gets out of the fucking desert, he's got his suit, he develops his suit, he builds his suit. Halfway but... point, fucking Stain is revealed to be the villain, he's building his own fucking suit. No, you no, get no. Second, in... This worst second half, the exact same problem. No, no, in Iron Man, it's like the last half an hour. It's from the halfway point ish no, that not. it starts to go down. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. He's building his Iron Man suit mm-hmm. for a long time. This is what I mean. I, yeah. f- I feel like this could have been okay, more like that. Okay, you win just because the fucking Afghanistan scene I think happens at the halfway point and that's the best scene of the film. Yeah, and like the, the whole point in, in Iron Man is that the whole film he's building the suit mm-hmm. and then there's a bag at the end that is pointless and stupid. And I feel like this could have, it could have been, you could write that better, of course, and yeah. I feel like this could have been written like that a bit because as soon as he's Batman, the movie goes into uh, no more Batman at first. It's like yeah, but isn't it's like, that it's like the second the second Batman, Batman movie too. No, I I feel like if you're gonna do an origin story, you could just do an origin story. No, the people, whole story. people would fucking riot if you didn't have like much Batman action in it though. People love Joker what? though. Yeah, but that's like, not an action you, movie. You don't go to a Joker movie expecting lots of action. Yeah, yeah that's not an action movie. You go to Batman and to I, see I, him beat the shit out of. Yeah, criminals. but imagine, imagine imagine if you had a couple of action scenes with him not in the suit. And failing a bit. It wouldn't get made. It's not a Batman movie then. It's like saying... It's what I would have liked it's, to see. No, it's literally... You know what you're comparing it to? What? It's like saying that the opening scene of Casino Royale should have been the whole film. And at the end he gets made a double O. Was it open enough? It's when he gets made a double O. This movie isn't about... This is a good origin. I'll take it. No. I don't no, love Casino that's Royale. That's not a Bond film. That's not Why a Bond not? film. Why not? Because that's not a fucking Bond film. He is 007. If like in the end... Yeah, but movie... Bond is a lot different. It's not... No, it's not. It's not. I feel like it's... And it I, I feel like I can compare them because Bond ripped a lot off this film. Like, from inspiration. I... This, like, Batman Begins isn't just about him getting the fucking suit and the gadgets. It's about him at the end deciding, like, who he wants to be as a hero. And who he wants to well, be as a where man... Is that? Where's that in who... the film? It's when he decides to let Ra's al Ghul die. And then he hasn't killed anyone ever later. No, never. Never again. He lets Bane die. No, he, no, no, he, he kills, no. He kills uh, Talia. <laughs> no, he doesn't. The missiles killed her. <laughs> who dropped the missiles to her, though? The fucking guy who fired the missiles. <laughs> she doesn't die from that. She dies from the... The fucking fall killed her. <laughs> the fall killed her, but that's Batman's fault, right? Nah. Yeah. Nah, the fall and the missiles killed her. But, like, um... Yeah, I, I also don't 
don't really love the the Tibet stuff. The witch stuff. The the thing in um in the Lake of Shadows. Oh my god! The I don't like this shit ever. I don't like the visuals of it. What? You don't like the I don't castle? Like the, I don't like the the, the castle like, is the really costumes. cool looking. I don't like the costume. I love the costumes. Why don't I, you like it? Because the plates. Yeah. The armor plates that they have, yeah. it's like just leather, and it's very it's metal flat pieces looking. on it. In in the corners, I, I I looked at it for a long time. I was like, why isn't this working for me? I don't fucking have to love everything that you love. Okay, but look at it. It's like very flat, like bottom. I'm, I just not my style. Yeah, yeah. And my problem with it is that these movies are trying to be more realistic. That so looks this like... to me a bit goofy, in my opinion. All right. It's not Aquaman, where the guy comes. No, in it's not. And it's fucking amazing, and yeah. I love it because it's so silly. I've heard you badmouth Aquaman many times on this podcast. Yeah, and I changed don't, my don't mind. Lie. I changed my mind. Have you rewatched it? I, I rewatched some scenes, and it was like, fuck yeah, this is so much. Yeah, fun. so you mean you finally acknowledge the truth that I've known all along, which <laughs> is that Aquaman is the greatest film made of the last fucking twenty years. Yes. Better than The Dark Knight, the best superhero movie. Maybe the reason that cinema was always invented. Fucking call up no. Edward Moybridge. No. Tell him in fifty years. If you had called up Edward Moybridge and told him that you'd have Dolph Lundgren riding a fucking seahorse in a hundred years, he'd be like, we need to get film into production quicker. No, Let's no, go. no, 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 no. The original spark for cinema was Dexter Jetster. Yes. Yeah, no, <laughs> and no. then... Aquaman. It led to Aquaman. De- Dexter Jetster walked so Aquaman could run, could swim. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> um, I- I'm glad that you have joined our holy church of Aquaman as the greatest <laughs> movie of all time. Yeah, it's so much fun. James Wan over Christopher Nolan every fucking day. Best director. <laughs> uh, um, how excited are you for Aquaman 2 the um, death of Mera <laughs> no is <laughs> it gonna be the villain ma'am not appearing in this film <laughs> it's gonna be the when they saw the cast with, t- with title cards they're gonna Spacey be... all the money in the world <laughs> they're gonna digitally replace her with Christopher Plummer once the movie's filmed <laughs> it's so good Fuck! Has so somebody be, done that? This is gonna be dick fake. Please tell me that somebody has done that. I, I remember after um after fucking Harvey Weinstein broke, there was a fucking uh, Batuta Advocate article that was like um, Hollywood planning to replace all of Hollywood with Christopher Plummer. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. And um. Somebody really should deepfake Christopher Plummer onto all these like disgraced old stars. Oh my god, that'd be so good! Like fucking all <laughs> the of Cosby Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of the Cosby Show Plummer. Oh my god. Oh fuck, who else? Um, I don't know. Oh, who else is bad? Just all of. Kevin's oh, who Spaces. else is bad? Yeah, fucking. <laughs> if only we had a long list we could look at. Louis C.K. All of Louis with Christopher oh, Plummer. Oh, poor Louis poor C.K. Louis. He poor just Louis. masturbated in the. Park. He just masturbated in front of a whole bunch of women. It's very fucking weird. Just the way he treated Pete Davidson alone made me be like, this guy's a fucking asshole. Anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah, League of Shadows stuff. I yeah. fucking love it. And I also don't like... I'm so into it. I don't like that he leaves the League of, uh, League of Shadows. The League of Shadows by blowing up their castle. That to me no, is but... like so... Like... What? Comic book movie. Superhero movie. Yeah. Which it is. It is. I understand yeah. that. Uh, okay, you know what? It's what? probably my... Okay, you you love this film. I love it. You yeah, it's great. This. It's a great movie. I think we set this up already. But 
I think it's it is because you saw this in theaters when I was a kid. You were a, you were a kid. Yeah. You watched this. I watched this a is, lot of stuff when no, I was a kid. This is the most important thing. This is the most important thing. Yeah. You watched it before the dark. Th- that's night. the biggest thing. Yeah. I saw this after the dark. Yeah. Night. Yeah. Of course. And even though the story wise, uh, rises is a lot closer to it's borrows a lot more from this. Yeah. Definitely. Story wise. Visually, it's a lot more. Oh, like Dark Knight, of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when I saw this the first time, I was like, "Oh, this is not a Dark." Well, yeah, Knight. no, that's a very good. So it's, it's not like it's not a good reason to not like it. I'm still. But it's the thing with what I meant with Aquaman. Yeah. Is that Aquaman is so silly, and I'm fine with it. I would not be okay with those costumes in Aquaman, showing up, in Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. Right. Something like that, right? Yeah. yeah but they yeah, are like completely... Yeah. It's like, to me, it, it doesn't reach... It's a point that I feel like it crosses one line into the other side. Well, yeah, it's tone. That's like the fucking whole job of a director is to control the tone of a movie. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. Right after The League of Shadows, yeah. it goes into some of the best Batman ever. Which is oh, when he's yeah. trying to... He's like, oh... He's figuring out how to be Batman. Yeah, yeah. he's figuring out how to get a suit, the, the, the car and all that. That's... For, I uh, love that. It's for uh, spelunking. Spelunking. Spelunk. Expecting to run into a bunch of gunfire in these caves? Yeah, it's great. So good. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Look, Mr. Fox, if you're not comfortable with me, Mr. Wayne, the way I see it, all this stuff is yours anyway. Yeah, I mean... And, and I love that. I, I also really like the Arkham. The Arkham stuff I didn't I remember. Actually, my favorite... Yeah, yeah, I pointed it out to you. Yeah, well, no, I, I was thinking, yeah, we see Crane mention Arkham, but I was like, do we get, like, scenes in Arkham? And of course, yeah. we, get, we get the bat SWAT team scene. Yeah and, yeah, and I love the... I think my favorite moment in the film... Um, yeah. I'm silly this way. I don't care about emotion. Yeah, 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 yeah say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't care about yeah, emotion. Yeah. I do think that the Scarecrow saying, oh, it's him, it's the Batman. Oh, it's the best. Oh, it's the Batman. Killian Murphy, fucking oh, hell. What a wow. performance. He's that- so fucking good. On it, I know that's one of the that's problems. That's, yeah. I think that was one of my biggest problems. But this is the thing that's interesting: is that unlike Batman '89, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, all of those films are centered around the villains. This is the only Batman film, except again for the Lego Batman movie, that has Batman as the main character, and like it's really about exploring Batman. And that was the thing that was so fucking clever about Nolan with this film was like, we really are not using the villains as like centerpieces. But they're exploring... They're villains that literally challenge um, the struggle of Batman in the story, which in this one is, of course, fear. Like, it's that... The whole movie is about fear and about controlling your fears. I mean, the first line that adult Bruce Wayne has in the movie is, like, a prisoner asks him, uh, did you have a dream? He's like, nightmare. Like, the whole film is about, like, him dealing with his fears. And then he made one of the greatest villains of all time. Yeah, who and directly movie, challenges Batman. And the movie base is based around... The villain. villain, yeah, yeah. Even though Two Face is more a lot more about the ideology and what of the film, yeah. yeah. The movie Dark Knight. It's, a lot it's about, about the it's about the Joker. The Joker yeah. is the centerpiece of Dark Knight, set up perfectly by this film. And then the, the Joker with, is the visual effect from Dark Knight. And then the problem with Rises is that it doesn't focus enough on um, Batman or Bane to really have yeah. either one be the kind of. It's much more Batman it story. It focuses than a lot more on the plot. Yeah, it focuses a lot more on stuff happening. Yeah, which is and then and then and then instead of therefore and but and like yeah, uh, feeling it, a character follow a journey. And you know what? I found this film except for the opening. Yeah. Which I first time I saw this, I was so confused from uh, with the flashback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when 
when Christian Bale is back in Gotham, but it, he's come back from Princeton and he's at Wayne Manor, and it's yeah. it's meant to be like teenage Bruce Wayne, but it's Christian yeah, it's Bale. Yeah. So when I first saw that, I might have missed the line. I remember I watched it with a group of friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you this already, right? The first time I saw this. Yeah, you were watching it before the Dark Knight. Before yeah, yeah. the Dark Knight Rises. Yes, with a group of friends. Of course, yeah. And maybe I missed that line or something, but to me it was re- really confusing that. You know, he he yeah. looks he looks pretty much he the same. He looks the same, yeah. Except the beard. No, he, he has well, he's beard. got the little flop. They give him a little flop, yeah, the flop. in his hair. Which is they reuse that in the Prestige. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah, and um, yeah, that got me a bit confused when I first watched the film, but I do think that from when he goes back to Gotham onwards, yes, it's a very easy follow. Easy, well, it's completely it's really linear to, from that point to follow. But not like you know how in Dark Knight or like or Inception, there's so much exposition and like there's so many like very short film scenes. Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah That's I'm one of the things it, that yeah. people complain about uh, Nolan. Yes, this doesn't do that. No, this has very beautiful, breathy scenes for the most yeah. part. Yeah, yeah, the scenes are a lot longer. They take a lot. Definitely, this this feels like mm. in many ways, and I think part of this was like Nolan very wisely trying to you know deliver what he had to deliver which was a big audience pleasing batman film yeah um i think i think he took a lot less risks with his style in this film having said Mm. that you know who i think didn't compromise at all and actually brought his a-game in a way that um doesn't get enough fucking credit um is wally fister oh yeah who shot this film and got a fucking oscar nomination like damn this film is so good looking and he just shot um, the Italian job before this which is mm. why he felt so comfortable doing like all the car chase stuff and it's like so cool that the guy who shot Memento kept working with Nolan and got to shoot this like that's just that's the coolest collaboration that you know they both went together through like you hear so often about you know a guy like Tarantino worked with the same DOP I think for Reservoir and Pulp Fiction but then when it came to shoot Kill Bill he got you know Rob Richardson who just won an Oscar for JFK and like you so often hear about directors very quickly as their careers um, escalate, having to kind of change their heads of department and having to, like, bring on new people. But Nolan really has always, up until, you know, Interstellar, had the same DOP. Like, it's just remarkable. But you have to think of um, the style of movie you make it. Yeah, but even having said that, going from a $40 million, like, crime film that's shot in one place to, like, a fucking multi-global... Uh, not, like 20, 30 like in so- I don't remember what I don't know oh, insomnia. insomnia going from that hmm. and then having to do Batman like a yeah, but huge like, fucking action you movie. think of Memento and this how character focused it is and I, I can see that he can just yeah yeah I can see that for Nolan I can't director. see that for a DOP that's I, a DOP mm, is much okay. hard it's much harder to convince a studio if Fister hasn't done Italian job but even with him doing Italian job it's like you sure this guy can fucking do Batman? Hmm. And this is one of, I think, genuinely, I think this is one of the best looking superhero movies. I love the way this movie looks. I think it looks so fucking cool. Not just cool, I think it looks like... I think, um... I think it looks aesthetically, like, so pleasant. To me, the city looks odd. Gotham. Well, it's that In thing general. of, like, how the narrows are all a soundstage, and then, like... Um, yeah, but the Gotham streets you see in the chase look like real, like they're real Chicago streets. Yeah, that's the problem. Dark Knight does that way better. The narrows obviously. are like this very 
fantasy fantasy like, like very island. comic book right yeah style yeah very. and then you you have over the headshots of the city yeah which looks like you know, chicago chicago yeah it's like oh that's the wind and, and it's like to me it's a bit classy and, and also the, the train specifically the train, the train the first yeah, time i saw this i was up. like what the fuck is that mono, yeah. monorail monorail yeah, yeah, yeah. The and monorail, the way it's designed, it, it just looks very, you know... It looks very 50s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I um, think it, that's probably when it was built. But yeah, it's like... I guess that's the idea, but... Yeah. Also, it doesn't help that it's completely CGI. It's completely CG, yeah. I think yeah. they built, like, part of the track in studio, but, like, it's for the majority of the shots, it's for CG. For when he's hanging? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for real. There's footage of that. Yeah. There's footage what, of that for some of it. it? They built like this whole the, the whole street of the narrows they use is like a huge set. Yeah, and they built some of you know, of course. Yeah, it, they it would make train, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, for like a, when, when Ra's al Ghul is like getting on it and everything. They, they, they yeah. wouldn't build a train that could move through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is what I was thinking. Uh so yeah, no, Akam looks Yeah, great. Great. So Akam good. looks really good. Funnily, I didn't remember it that much, yeah. Yeah, and I think the look of this film it's very good not except for the city like I mentioned yeah I, I do also really like the I don't like how the sound is mixed during the fear scenes because I feel Scarecrow like it's so much louder so much louder than that was Nolan else. heard that and was like I want to do this for all my films but <laughs> yeah. with all the sound that's, that's the problem yeah. is that he does that for every film now yeah yeah so but I do really like the look of you know the red glows that of Batman's eyes, or the like the, it's it's on on Batman. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's on the horse, on the yes. horse spewing fire and stuff. I wish there was more of that with the fear stuff, honestly. Yeah, and uh, because there's a great bit where Batman's trying out his outfit, and he's got like the long claws that look like they're almost from like Cabinet of Doctor Caligari or something. Yeah. They're so impressionist, and I was like, "Fuck!" Imagine if there was some of that fear imagery, like really put in there. Here's the thing: is that I would love a. Batman going full Caligari. Oh, would be amazing. No one will ever get to do it. I had an idea years ago about doing a Batman film completely from the perspective of the criminals, where it was like Predator, and they were in Wayne Manor, mm. and it was like <laughs> it, it, it would have to be a short. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we should make that short. Yeah, just yeah. find a mansion and do it. Just find a mansion. Just find a mansion. It's that yeah. easy. Let let like us have a bunch of actors with machine guns all through it. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? I always thought it would be a really cool way to sew the Joker for the first time if Batman is having to fight a bunch of goons right and like but he gets overwhelmed and then suddenly someone punches him and the Batman sees you know his hand and you see the you know the purple suit and that's how you reveal the Joker just the idea of the Joker punching back I thought you were going to say they punch him down and then the Joker just walks up to him or like something I don't know yeah no yeah it could be good it could be good I'm kind of sick of Batman to be honest but yeah We'll see. I get that. Yeah. The Justice um, League doesn't go that good. So. The Justice League no, what? No, 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 no. The Suicide Squad doesn't look that good. Oh, the trailer they showed, I'm yeah. not, I don't think it looks very good. I, don't see the point I of... like the color of it. I like that it looks like, you know, campy, but like, I don't really see the point of it. Yeah. Did, did James Gunn, not James Gunn. James Gunn, yeah. Yeah. James Wan. Did James Wan and... James Gunn. Gunn. No. James Gunn is directing Suicide Squad. Yes, of course. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the guy from Aquaman. Yeah, James Wan. Yeah, did James Wan come in and... What's confusing and about fixed, this game? And fixed all the costumes? 
I think James Wan just made a billion dollar fucking movie <laughs> and Warner Brothers was like, oh my god, do we actually have to be silly? Did, did he what? Make, did he make 60 points on that? What, of the money? Yeah, how much oh, money did he really hope he got paid well. yeah. It was worth every fucking cent of it. Yeah. If he got 90% of that gross, <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> fucking Aquaman. I, I, I'm... People who listen to this podcast like may think that I'm joking. I genuinely had so he much fucking it. fun at he Aquaman. I've watched it three times now and I've enjoyed it every single time. <laughs> you watched it it's three times. It's fucking great. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark under the ocean. It's fucking awesome. That Jason chase, Momoa that is chase perfect. Scene. It, it, it is a movie about how Aquaman needs to be silly and dumb and talk to fish and how the more serious he acts, the fucking dumber he is. The whole movie yeah. is about him needing to get to his gold like, suit, get the fucking gold trident and look and campy as animals. hell. And he needs to talk, talk to, to fish. fish. He only talk wins because he talks to fish. It's fucking great. Great dun, movie. Dun, dun, dun. Like this movie, if you take the heroes seriously for what they are, it will work. Take Aquaman seriously. Do the fucking kingdoms. It's fucking great. Yeah. I, th- I think... That's why Wonder Woman worked. I think every hero needs movie, to be yeah. taken in a different tone. Not, like, not they, even you have a different take tone. Them, they you have to, to be... take them to their own place. You need to take them to their own essence. Yeah. So you can't yeah. do a Batman, uh, an Aquaman movie like Batman Begins. You, you just can't. You can't do Dark Batman. No, Batman. Dark you Aquaman. can't do Dark Superman. No, you can't. I'm sorry. Well, that's again... Okay, Goya like, wrote Man of Steel. And like he took a lot of this film you to You can only do Man Dark Superman if you do Homelander. Well, Homelander's like accurate Superman. I think we all agree. Yeah. No, you, this is this is my whole pitch on Superman that I've told you off mic. But mm. like, yeah. like Superman should not be on the side of the American government. It just doesn't fucking make sense. Superman's whole beliefs are peace, justice, and for liberty for all. Like, well, well, it's it's it was it wasn't made five years ago. It was no, made, it was made during the sixties. Guess 60s. what the America was up to in the sixties? Fucking hell! Peace, justice, and liberty for all. Except no, black American it. citizens. Conk. Not everyone knew about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no one. None of us knew. Where have I heard that before? Post-war Germany. None of us knew what was happening. We just. So, what do you think Superman should leave? He's a citizen of the world. He protects the world. That's his fucking job. He's not. He, he's dun, not. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Dun, dun, yeah. He's bi- he's bigger than America. Superman's yeah, like I, I I'm going. I'm going to protect India now. These guys yeah. need me. Yeah, yeah I I, it annoys me. It really annoys me that Man of Steel is you know directed by such a patriotic man and you know is written. Well, at the end of it, he does destroy the the drone. The drone that's observing him. Yeah, I know. Like, I got, I, I got excited by me. that. And then what happens in I mean, Superman? It's like. Who knows gun. what? Who knows what Superman believes in in that? Who knows what happens in Batman with Superman? <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so yeah, the climax. Imagine if we got Christian Bale's Batman versus. Oh fuck, that's what we got to talk about. Imagine if we got Christian Bale's Batman versus Brandon Ruth's Superman. <laughs> Brandon Ruth got a really unfair rap for that film. Still haven't seen it. You've never seen it. Same year as this, I think. I saw it what? twice, yeah. Is the plain scene good? It, it's very dated. You know who's great in it? Um, Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say his name anymore, god damn it. I really like Every this. time I go to say his name, it's automatically replaced with Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yeah, Spacey's, Spacey's fantastic as Luther. I, I love the idea of the end. Is, is it at the end that, with a guy with machine gun? 
no, 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 it's like it's like um the first oh. action scene of the film. I thought that would have been the end. And I would, I would, I thought that would have been the guy a great. Who, the guy who's using the machine gun is an Australian actor who I've met. And then he shoots yeah. him in the eye. Shoots him in the eye. Yeah, mm, it's great. Okay, talking about the climax in this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like okay, it either. So I, I've seen a lot of... Nolan got criticised by internals at Warner Brothers for it, and it was one of the things that really inspired him about Dark Knight. It was like, even though he thought he'd made this really big, bombastic action sequence, a lot of people in Warner Brothers were like, is that enough? Is that enough of a scale? I, I read this really interesting interview with him where he's like, it's funny how audiences... Yeah, it's funny how audiences perceive scale very differently, even when you've got something more intimate, like The Dark Knight. Like, it feels so much huger. Right? With the fairies and the fucking... The SWAT team and like... Yeah, it it's, feels... But it's just this masterful of tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That, that's all about the tension of it. It's, it's like... Whereas you know in this, I think. Fuck, you know it's this, just... Like, I'm, there's I'm, so much that works about that ending. But you're right. This ending doesn't feel very philosophically strong. Even compared to the ending of Dark Knight Rises, honestly. The thing with this ending... Right. As, as I mentioned previously... Recently, I saw my sister all the Marvel films. Yes, not all of them, but the important ones for. And I, like I always realized in the climaxes of some of those films, the most average ones, you just staring at the screen a bit. You're like, movies happening, movies happening. I feel I felt like that in this when Batman was hanging from the train, yeah. the train was going really fast through the city and and all that, and I was just like, eh, movies happening. Mm. It's just, it's not very exciting visually because I think the visual effects don't look very good. It's not... I think they're fine. I think, very... it's, I think it's deeper. I honestly think I... it's a deeper story flaw, which is that, like I said to you, Batman doesn't really have any impact in the finale. Yeah. Like, I... he has to fight Raz, but he doesn't. If he doesn't fight Raz, Gordon still blows up the fucking thing and Batman... He doesn't do anything. Batman doesn't do anything. Like, um... What was I going to say? Batman could have taken Batman the Tumblr and still beat Raz. Gordon didn't need to drive the tumbler. I also think it doesn't make sense that if they take it to the center of the city, it makes a chain reaction. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit Star Warsy, where it's like, yeah, no, but like in a bad way, it feels like they're you trying know, to do like a Death Star thing. But they're trying to make it so he reaches this point and he wins, right? It's the, villain, the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, you can't have. You're gonna have the train going up in circles around the city, <laughs> right? Batman locks him on a loop. He's, he's done twenty percent of the city, right? You can't do that. You can't have every single train line, every single train line of the city to the operate next all stop the is Midtown. And Razak was just checking his watch, like, Ugh. right? You can't do that. I love how Razak made uh, COVID masks fashionable in this film. There's a lot of COVID symptoms in this film. Lots of bats all over the place. Lots of yeah. weird, weird soups in, like, Asian countries. Lots of... <laughs> lots of, <fucking laughs> of non A lot of people are going crazy in the streets. Yes! <laughs> my God, fuck! So good! Oh, my God. Lots of people just panicking. I saw a guy running... You have my toilet paper! Yes. You have my toilet paper! <laughs> I got that first! For this fucking toilet roll. Oh, I just got to shout out some fucking cameos in this film. So, we've got... Uh, Christopher Nolan's uncle, um, I believe mm. his name is John Nolan, who is like a board member of Wayne Tower. He plays the best the dinner, character in Rises. Yeah, yeah, he's great in Rises. He's the blind man in Dunkirk. And he's, uh, of course, the uh, detective in um, Following. Then also from Following, we have Lucy Russell at the dinner party scene, who's the um, 
the blonde lady who's asking you're saying oh I think the Batman's great for the city they should give him a medal and then we've also got um, even though he's done one thing yeah and we've got Jeremy Theobald in the control room of the steam uh, of Wayne Tower the guy from following yeah the, the guy <laughs> from following <laughs> excuse me <laughs> global <laughs> superstar Jeremy Theobald after his recent cameo in Tenet it's so cool that he's in Tenet it was fucking like I was the only to me it's weird that he's not in most of more of his films well he, he's not an actor he's like a I thought you said that so never mind yeah they're, they're like yeah he doesn't. He doesn't act. Anymore. Is this the actress? Lucy. Meant- Lucy is the only one who kept acting. She's been in a bunch of British stuff. Okay. Yeah. She. She was in like a bunch of British TV. I think she still acts. Hmm. Um. Yeah. It's and also Mark Boone Jr. playing Flash, who was a character written in uh, in Batman Year One, the Aronofsky script, hmm. and who they brought over as well as Commissioner Loeb, played by an- another great British actor whose name I can't remember. He's great. I, I always forget his name. Um. Yeah, so Flash is brought over, and Mark Boone Jr. from Memento. Hmm. So it's yes. just it's really cool that Nolan, you know, has brought so many of his people with him. Hmm. So someone we another conversation we have to have is Maggie versus. Yeah, of course. Like when we talk okay. about Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, will uh, Dark Knight will talk about it. But like, I, I I really like Katie Holmes in this film. I think she's yeah. really good. I think she's a bit... She's very high-pitched. To me, she's a bit... That's a good comparison. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know really what you're you're trying to get I feel like she's trying to be a lot more... Mature? Not mature. Fuck me. Sideways. She's got to deliver a lot of, you know, heavy-handed legal dialogue. Yeah, no, but like, she seems like she's out of a... I'm just going to say this. Out of a sitcom. In my okay, opinion, yeah. so he has a very high pitched voice. So very, is there any like, sitcom you oh, had in mind? Say a certain uh, Creek sitcom that she was on for, you know? I don't know anything of Katie Holmes oh, except Dawson she's married Creek. to Dawson a Creek. crazy man. She like so it sounds a lot like Dawson's Creek. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, That's right. a good example. So it sounds like a lot like that. And I feel like Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's. See. Shits the tone a lot better. I'll probably say this on Dark Knight. Like, Maggie Gyllenhaal is a much better actress than Katie Holmes. I think Katie Holmes is a better Rachel. She's, she's great at playing... Uh, the Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. The Gyllenhaal. She's, she's great at uh, playing Jake Gyllenhaal's sisters. Yeah. The Gyllenhaal's are really good at loving Heath Ledger. <laughs> oh, man. Uh. Fucking Joker card at the end of this movie. Like, nine-year-old me... Like, I loved Nicholson's Joker. I fucking loved it. I, I was dumb. I loved Batman 89. Um, a lot of people love Batman 89. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah but I know. <laughs> Still, I don't understand it. I have a Blu-ray. I, I don't I don't understand it. it. We've seen this. We've seen, begin- We've seen better and, and movies. Um, I don't get it. Like, the fucking Joker card. Like, the speculation started the day after I left the theatre. Of like, who the fuck is going to play the Joker? Um, Funny thing about that is that then Batman says I'll get into it I'll look into it uh, he, he doesn't yeah no he does he knows who because at Dark Knight they say him again like they, they've obviously been keeping tabs on him keeping tabs on him he's not trying to stop him it's been six months yeah that's right it's how long did it take months. for them to catch Bin Laden Gabe the entire US government Bin Laden is not how long did it take them happy 9-11 they, they, everyone they, they, <laughs> how long did it take them to catch Bin Laden Gabe the whole US government well done how long did it take them well done but did they know what city he was in? Or country? It's yes, rich. they did! Not Afghanistan, they fucking knew right away! Not really. Yeah. 
Gotham is just them blocks. Come on. Gotham is one small island with Chicago surrounding yeah. it. <laughs> can you believe that? Can you believe that that small island has another island on it? <laughs> what? The island in this? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. And it rises. It's another island, and it's like so wait, yeah, it's an island inside an island. Yeah. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, I think I think that's the movie, right? Like, is there anything else we really need to talk about? Like, um, oh yeah, no, the, the, the bad mobile scene is great. Oh, the the car chase. Yeah, the car chase. Yeah, is Nolan great, Nolan great. mentioned using French Connection as a big reference for it. I I don't think it's anything near as good as that chase, but like, it feels like it's fucking fast and it's got momentum and like hmm. going like off this buildings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's great. There's great use of miniatures in it. It's it's a beautiful um, action scene. Um, Art of the Scene did a really good video on it recently about like kind of the complexities of filming it and like that one of my favorite things is um when it goes into stealth mode and all the lights turn off and none of the That's cops so they all lose track of it like but oh like, what is it the thing i the thing i joked about with you is that there's a great video of jay leno who um took the tumbler out for a drive i think as a promo for dark knight rises and literally you can hear it from like a mile away it sounds like a fucking jet it's like so loud you would never not be able to hear it Hmm. it's the coolest car it's so fucking good yeah I mean I, I really like um, this film really dig it I liked it it's I think I mentioned this off, off yeah, mic, yeah yeah but it's better than Rice's yes but I think Rice's best moments are better than some moments Rice's best moments are like Dark Knight good in my opinion like the the, no. the Bane fight it's just amazing just just the it's good. It's really good. Just the technical aspect of it, not even story-wise, but like the, the the technical aspect, the the sound of it, how there is there is restraint that they don't put any music in it. Yeah, but like, then you got no the one has truck a lot of, chase in Dark. No Knight. one has a lot of music in it. Yeah, but then you got the films. truck chase in Dark Knight, which has no music, and it's fucking perfect. Yeah, and I feel like I the think Bane every, fight is I think just every Dark Knight scene, yeah, like scene, is right. better than all the scenes in Dark Knight Rises, and almost all the scenes in this. Right. Good. I think the only scenes that this has that are better than the scenes in The Dark Knight are the emotional scenes. I think this movie takes its time much more with like... Like, think about... Yeah, like, I remember when uh, Rachel kisses Batman and say no. Bye. Oh, I love that scene. It's so great. <laughs> I'd love to be cock-teased by Katie Holmes. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Tom Cruise is going to murder me. That's why he's going off that ramp. I'm coming for you, Wilder. Um, oh, Joffrey Baratheon shows up for one scene of this film. Is there any other Game of Thrones cast member in the cast? I'm trying to think. Oh, rest in peace, Diana Rigg, as of today. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, any other Game of Thrones cast member? In this film? Yeah. Is there any... In oh, the yeah, next... Christian Bale is the giant. <laughs> he gained 300 pounds yeah. to play it. Yeah. yeah. There must be, right? Is there any in any of the Batman? In any of the Batman. So we have to think. Any of the Batman. Yeah, come on, we can't. We, we, we can't have, we can't we have to do this. Yeah, no, there must be. Fucking. Edelson is Oh, yeah, Burn Gorman. Burn Gorman is in Dark Knight Rises and he's the guy who's at Crass's Keep who kills. Um, he kills um, Sir Jorah. No, Sir Jorah's dad. Um, oh, yeah, 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 there we go. Yeah, Burn Gorman. Um, who else? Fuck, there must be others. Is the guy who plays the Deadshot character in Dark Knight Rises in Thro- No, he's not. No. No, he's not. Um, is there anyone in Dark Knight? 
There's very few like new Yeah, of course. Cast- uh, Kristen Bell playing the dragon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there's very few new cast members in Dark Knight. That's the thing. Yeah, not, but that's because the cast in, in this. I forgot that Wurtz and Ramirez aren't in this film at all, but it makes sense. Mm. No, but they set that up. The, uh, Batman says, give this to Gordon and no one else. Yeah. So I, f- yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is one of the best examples of in recent history of... Set up for a sequel well. No, like sequels actually... Seizing on stuff that you set yeah. up in the first film, yeah. Yeah, really well. Star Wars. <laughs> Right. But this is the thing of like taking the time to say what worked about the first movie. Let's not like rush into writing a sequel. Let's just see how the movie does, and then let's come back creatively refreshed and make a new movie. Let, let's take it's such a difference. Let's take three years to make another yes. one, then four years to make the, the last one. No, for yeah. these it was two years each. Two years no. each. Time. Yeah. No, it's two thousand and five. Oh, 2008, you, you are twelve. Sorry, you are correct. You are yeah. correct. You're it's two correct. years between each of his movies. Yes, sorry, you're right. Yeah. You're 100 percent right. I'm, I'm an idiot. Yeah, you're right, game. And, and, and fucking dumb. No, but that, yeah, I'm so fucking dumb. Just like yeah, all my film knowledge, just fucking idiot. It's meaningless. Yeah, it's meaningless. All that stuff you said at the beginning about the creation of this film doesn't mean anything. We stand in the wake of my creation. You know, my. I have to get an. I have to get a director credit quote on every single fucking podcast. I swear to God, I'm gonna do it. Um. Alright, that was The Batman Has Begun and it will never be put away again, Master Wayne. <laughs> What's the point of all these podcasts if you can't even end it well? <laughs> What's your favourite line from the movie? We should do that on every podcast. We should. Like, I think, no, no, I think we should talk about our favourite moment in this. Mm. In the film. Well, and yeah, we I, did that right. I mentioned mine with the Alfred. The reason it's my favorite is because, like, it's a moment that we get in no other Batman film. It's because it's because you love emotional. Moments. No, I love it because it's like <laughs> if you don't have that fucking scene, like, you don't get why Bruce like would ever trust Alfred with him being Batman. You don't get why fucking Alfred would like care about Bruce so much, and like, it just it just it just brings so much reality to their relationship for the next three movies. I really like that. The Waynes actually died because Bruce wanted to. Oh, go home early. yeah. That to yeah, me yeah, is yeah. such an important. That's another important change and adaptation we should talk about is that they're not seeing a movie; they're seeing an opera. And I, I, I once upon a time knew what the opera was, and it, it does actually feature a scene of bats, of like nightmarish bat creatures. Hmm. So it's cool that you know they found one and they adapted that. And like you're completely right. Is oh my god, it's his thirtieth. I never noticed that. It's Bruce Wayne's thirtieth. Huh. That's hmm. neat. Yeah, okay, you know my favorite moment. You know what a three looks like if you turn it sideways? A mouth. <laughs> a cute mouth. Yeah, a, cu- a mouth! The Joker! They're for sure. No, fucking okay. bat, you asshole. Um, uh, I actually think one of my favorite moments is when, it's when he goes to his birthday. And he Rasa tells off there. all the guests. And he tells off all, all the guests. Yeah. I, I think it's a bit silly that Rasa Ghoul goes there to... Taunt him? To... Burn his house. Oh my god, like, if Razo Ghul didn't go, he would have got away with his plan and Batman wouldn't yeah. be able to... <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. It's kind of stupid. I oh, wants to burn his house down. <sighs> you know what? It's it's. I'm thinking about it. I'm a bit... Not angry. Pissed. I'm a bit pissed about the whole Batman really doesn't influence it's the, the Indiana Jones thing. I disagree. I think Indiana Jones, it's different with Indiana Jones. Yeah, he helps them find the Ark. He helps them find the Ark. Yeah. <laughs> Without him, they would not... Find the arc, the arc. Ever. Yeah. ever. 
That's the, the, the fucking chip. Yeah. Everyone, Indiana, everyone that says that is tomorrow an idiot. on BuzzFeed. Indiana Jones helps Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> is Indiana Jones an ally? Was Indiana Jones involved with 9 11? say no. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. Jesus. I remember when I told that joke on fucking Dark Knight podcast. Don't ask me where I was on September 11th. <laughs> fucking hell, it's the day. We can't fucking joke about it today. Yeah, we, and, and, we got all our jokes out of our system off mic. Why are we doing this? And, and I don't want to make these jokes. I just can't stop. Our friend is taking Rachel into no, the car. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. Just, shut shut up. up. Oh my God, let's end the podcast right now. Fuck, <laughs> we need to stop. We need to stop. Oh my God, we need to end okay. it. End okay. it. End it. Rook, Rook Kahawa from Blade Runner. I needed to say it. Blade Runner, big inspiration for the film. That's why Batman's... Batgun looks like the fucking gun from Blade Runner. Oh my god, what else can I fit that, in? That's why the rain is everywhere. Water, you know, water, rain. Rain? They evaporated the water. Like tears in the rain? Yeah, like tears in the yeah. rain. Yeah. It was really weird when at the funeral, like, Rukahau walked up to young Bruce Wayne and was like, all these memories of your parents will be lost like tears in the rain. It's like, and what just do you mean? The walks away. It's like, what? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, good, good movie. Uh, 11 out of 10 best fucking movie ever at me Gabe's wrong bye sometimes I'm wrong